Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Okay, so here, I'll throw one out for you. Okay, C.D. Lamb, D.K. Metcalf. Who's closer to entering that superstar club? Yeah, I, I think CeeDee Lamb is. I think CeeDee Lamb should be, um, you know, if we're talking about, like, Adams to Nuke was top eight, like, I think Lamb, shoot, I, I don't know, I might I might think that CeeDee Lamb is better than Nuke Hopkins right now. Like, I, you know, I, I think he's a, a round wide receiver eight to eight to ten. I think he I think he belongs there. I have DK, this is what I said, I had um, five and a half. I have yeah. DK Metcalf on here, but, like, can you – What's what is the argument, James, for including DK Metcalf if you're also not going to include Tyler Lockett in the superstar <laughs> club? Because I mean, right? Lockett Lockett is like you know everybody is uh, put you know I've seen the stats going around about oh you know Lockett is has this many more yards on this fewer targets and like what's up with that? And it's like there's a very very easy explanation for why that is. The easy explanation is that Tyler Lockett is at the very least as good of a wide receiver as DK Metcalf is period. And that's been true the last three years. Like he's, we know Lockett's an unbelievable separator. We know he's unbelievable um, at all things, except um, the, the best thing he's at, the best, the thing he's the best at is uh, making business decisions after the catch. Um, I'm kidding, but like, he's not a, he's not a great yak receiver, well, but no, other than that, he like, knows. He's, I mean, I yeah. mean, come on. Availability is, is an ability here. You know, uh, and he yeah. wants to be available. Yeah. Yeah, you ain't you ain't wrong about that. You're in your 30s. You're that size. Like, yeah, you go make some make some decisions here and there. But yeah, no, I mean, I uh, but I'm with you, though, that I think that Lockett and Metcalf are are both right there. Um, I think they're still a tick below superstar club, but they're kind of I think the next of the top group. Uh, DK Metcalf, too, I I just think has more. I think he's got more upside. Um, and it's because of age, of course obviously. You yeah, you're, well, and a, you're also a size speed snob. <laughs> of course I am. Absolutely. <laughs> so not only so so size and speed, you got the age, and then again, just growth in terms of like, can he develop some more route running? And if he can do that, which by the way, yeah, um, we've seen that over the course of his career as well. I think he was super raw. Um, obviously coming out of school. And I think he's really, really worked on that part of his craft uh, to the point where he is a, a significantly better. Hey, man, I want to go back to the whole Lockett thing. Can players like Tyler Lockett, can they be in the public's eye, not in your eyes, in the public's <laughs> eyes, can they ever be considered superstars? I'm using air quotes here. Uh, because what Tyler Lockett does, in my opinion, is he is extremely technical and so Mm -hmm. good from a technical standpoint. 
But those little nuances get lost to just the general public. And I do think the one thing that he is very special at, um, and maybe the best, one of the best of all time, is deep ball tracking. And yeah. I think what he's able to do to track the football down the field is maybe one of the 10 best ever. He's so good at finding that ball downfield and putting himself in a position to catch that football. Okay. Now that being said, that's so nuanced, dude. That is so totally. Yeah. Nuanced. Right. Right. And so like the public perception of, of Tyler Lockett, um, can that ever actually reach what he's actually able to do from like, you know, these like minutia details. I don't know if it can. Yeah. This is again, like, uh, I think, he is a do you know ball uh test like do you do you know football because like if you know football like you think i think you think the tyler lockett's a superstar because all of those things that you mentioned right the technique part of it um well and, and i'd argue that like the fact that he's a, an elite deep ball tracker the fact that he is um so explosive like you know even in t and he's so good at tracking the football even in tight spaces oh yeah he makes these highlight real plays right like what do we talk about at the top like they think of the guys the superstars like downfield mm -hmm. weapons downfield threats these guys that make big plays um in big moments that is tyler lockett i mean he's a and i think that the one test that people would have had for him is and it, this was certainly the reason that i mean in like analyst drafts like if, if for fantasy you get freaking tyler lockett in the 11th round i mean i'm not kidding like you could get him you could get him in the double digit rounds because uh -huh. people are like well no yeah but what we talked about a few episodes ago like both things can be true or whatever the the russell wilson can he do all that deep ball stuff can he can he win on, on those moon balls and stuff like that when it's when it's not Russell Wilson? Yeah. Well, I mean, Lockett is 11th in the NFL in yards right now among wide receivers, and, and he's playing with Geno Smith. DK Metcalf is 16th. Like, these dudes have shown that they are great players in their own right, isolated from quarterback play. And and I do agree that, yeah, Lockett is probably more of like a, tech, a technician's uh, fetish than he is like maybe a uh, – a, the public would think he's a superstar, but man, I mean, I think he really does have it all. So he's, he's gotta be in kind of the next group to me. Are there any other wide receivers that are just outside knocking on that door? Yeah, I got two more guys and I'll stay on the theme uh, of like, do you know ball a technician's dream? I don't know why Terry McLaurin is not a, is not a superstar wide receiver. Okay. Um, I know the touch, the touchdowns haven't been there this year. Well, no kidding. He's playing for Washington. That's football it. Team. I was, you, you, you answered your own question. You got to catch I, touchdowns, man. Well, you got to play with better quarterbacks. Like you got to play with the real offense. You know what I mean? I, yep. you know, you know, I, I love my guy ODU's finest Taylor Heineke, but he's still like a, guy that was a backup in the XFL two years ago, right. you know, a guy that Washington right. actively tried to replace. I mean, this is stuff we all know, but I was shocked that McLaurin among wide receivers is seventh in yards this year. Like he has been incredibly productive um, and talk about highlight real plays. I mean, good God, Terry McLaurin has highlight real plays. He has game changing plays and, he, and a, a coverage dictator. Absolutely. Like a, look, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, all these boys in, in the early part of the year, they're not catching passes. I mean, Carson Wentz is, is haywire brain and stuff like that. It's part of why they had to <laughs> you know, overuse Curtis Samuel on the layup routes. But yeah. they're not doing that stuff for no reason. They're doing that because McLaurin is like an unbelievable uh, talent that, that defenses account for and tried to take away, and he still is productive. So I don't know, man. We know that he separates at elite levels in reception perception. We know that he wins contested catches. It's just like – put this guy on any other team, put, he put explodes. him in my, he'd explode. Like he would, yeah. I, he would go full like Steph Diggs or Justin Jefferson. Like there's nothing about his game that, that 
you know, says he's not that guy to me. I don't know. I know this is like, this is my guy, but still. <laughs> but again, I just go back to the, the reason he does not have that, like that pedigree. It's, it is because of the touchdowns, dude. Like in 2020, yeah, he know, scored four in 2021. I he know. scored five this year. He's got three. I mean, if he gets to six, it'll be a miracle. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, dude, three years in a row, five or fewer touchdowns. Dude, again, you got to score them touchdowns if you want to be considered a superstar in the NFL, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's, that's what it is. Like play. Uh, how about he plays with an average NFL quarterback? Like once, could you imagine, could you imagine what Terry McLaurin would be doing with Jared Goff? You know, I, I know. Mean, uh, no, I know. Listen, man, he'd ca- he'd at least get eight. He'd at least get eight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel, I feel like that's like the, the cutoff point, you know, it's like, you got to score eight, you know, if you could score eight, you know, okay, we're talking, <laughs> you know, I, it's true. If you could score eight, I think we're talking. I, but, and like, obviously once we get to double digits, all right, now we're really cooking. Right. But like, I mean, the dude's been five or less, uh, in three consecutive years here, you know? So it's a little bit, I don't know. Anyways. And, and plus the, the yardage totals too, right? Like 1100 yards, his sophomore campaign, just barely over a thousand yards last year. And, um, he's at 945 this year. Um, you know, can he get to, is he going to get to 1200? I, I don't Maybe let's hope, let's hope he gets to 1200. But, but again, it's not like he's putting up eye popping stats. Um, and I think that part plays a big part into why the public perception is probably just not there. You know what I mean? And he, and he was started slow this year because he was playing with Carson Wentz. Like he was, he started slow again <laughs> right. this year. So yeah, 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 um, yeah. But, you know, I, I'll just – I compare him to this guy a lot, like from a career arc standpoint. Um, Stefan Diggs, his his uh, sophomore to final year in Minnesota, 903 yards, 849 yards, 1,021, 1,130. Uh, like if you go from his second year to his last year in Minnesota, like pretty similar stuff. Now he did yeah. have more t- – yeah, he got up to like eight, nine touchdowns, right? So uh, – but he's played with like Kirk Cousins, and again – you know, Kirk Cousins is like a bajillion times better uh, than these goofballs in Washington. <laughs> so, so it's 100%. like, yeah, even 100%. got, he got his like one year uh, when he had that eight forty nine, but he had eight touchdowns. That was with Case Keenum. And I mean, even Case Keenum, like is, you know, that's a lot better. <laughs> Case Keenum, I, was, I had some of his, um, Terry McLaurin had some of his best moments in his first year with Case Keenum. So a lot of connective tissue here between, yeah. uh, between these guys. But um, yeah, sure. man, I, I know I, I'll go to bat for McLaurin. Um, because I have said he's like, yeah, if he went to any other situation, if he, he got a Steph Diggs bump, like, did you see the clip on, um, it was from the bills, put it out from the Thanksgiving game, uh, right before, uh, kickoff or whatever, you know, Steph Diggs said to Josh Allen, like, happy Thanksgiving, bro. I'm, I'm thankful for you. And, you know, Josh <laughs> said it back and then Diggs said it again. He's like, I'm thankful for you, man. More than, you know, and like his voice cracked and I was like, wow. Oh yeah. God. You know, wow. bro, Godly. I feel the same. Me too. <laughs> I'm thankful that you re- rescued Steph Diggs. So yeah, man. I, um, I do think I hope I hope McLaurin gets his Josh Allen someday, but I don't know. We'll see. Nah, it's true. I mean, they they've helped unlock each other, you know, Josh Allen and Diggs, which is great. Um, this it reminds me of back in the day when um, uh, when Megatron Calvin Johnson, you know, was able to play with uh, with Matt Stafford, and Stafford was you yeah. know in his prime. You know, it's like. The teams weren't that good, obviously, but like we were as football fans, pretty damn lucky to be able to see that connection, you know, because there have been a lot of times, man, where good quarterbacks don't have good wide receivers and great wide receivers don't have good quarterbacks. And like, yeah, they were losing games, but dude, week in and week out, you saw a, an awesome 
Stafford to Calvin Johnson play. You know what I mean? And just from like a football standpoint, that was, I, I thought we were pretty blessed to see that, man. What year was, was Stafford the first overall pick in 2008? Dude, that the I don't remember. It seems like a yeah, long ass uh, time ago. <laughs> just because, you, know? uh, you know, yeah, let me let me look at it real quick. Uh, because Megatron had a 1,312 season. Um, yeah, no, oh, no, that was, uh, no, 2008's the year they went 0-16. Uh, because <laughs> you catch <laughs> passes from Dan Orlovsky, John Kitna, and Dante Culpepper that year. Yeah, that dude, yeah, Calvin yeah, Johnson yeah. had uh, freaking 1,312. Um, yeah, no, crazy stuff. Uh, Megatron, man, what a, what a player. Um, all right, my last dude that I think deserves consideration here okay. um, is T. Higgins. Uh, and I know you're not, like, the biggest T. Higgins fan in the world, but... Okay, um, make this argument. I think that T. Higgins, again he's shown to be just as much of a producer as Jamar chase. Now chase absolutely has highlight, you know, potential in his corner, you know, like he, he has the big plays both after the catch and down the field. I mean, there is no question to me that Jamar chase belongs in the superstar club, but man, T Higgins just, just so dang consistent. He's so good at the catch point. I think he's an underrated separator, you know, um, not like he's, again, he's not like Jamar Chase. He's not some of these other guys, but, you know, he's been an over 70% man player. He's been a really good press coverage beater. And, um, you know, even just these last, the last two games before Jamar Chase came back last week, like he had these big, big games, despite the fact like there was no Jamar Chase. And I actually think that Higgins, when they get the offense, like flowing through him a little bit, it's a little bit more um, consistent and steady um, than it is sometimes when they, when yeah, they I buy overdo that. it. Yeah. You know, when they overdo it with mm-hmm. chase and I, I think it's a credit to Joe Burrow that this year he's been a bit more of an evolved passer. Like he's been, um, he's getting the ball out really fast. Like since week 10, I believe he's a 2.5 time to throw. Like he's been getting it out fast. And I think a lot of that is because T Higgins is really good. And is a really fluid player for a guy, his size getting open on those sort of quick breaking routes. But then at the same time, if you want him to win big plays, like he's so good at the catch point, he can do that too. So to me, I think he is, I don't really think he's a number two receiver. I think he's a number one receiver. He just happens to play alongside with another number one. Hey, everyone. This is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, there you go. Um, I like it. All right, so there you go. Um, that That's the list, man, and that's a hell of a great list. Um, man, we... <laughs> There's a lot of great wide receivers in the NFL, dude. No, go uh, ahead. Dude, uh, yeah, because, yeah, my, my, let me give my future dark horses. Uh, as okay. Well, just to, I need you to say, like, by the way, you know, we didn't talk about guys like Mike Evans or, um, you know, uh, stuff like that. Like, there's a bunch of dudes that that we didn't talk about. Their wide receiver position is just so loaded right now. It um, is loaded. Future you dark bring up, horse. Well, first of all, Mike Evans, uh, I considered it, but I just feel like he's taking a step back this year. Um, having a weird year. Yeah. Yeah. He's having a little bit of an odd year. Uh, and, and again, too, it's like a year ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, 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 we're putting him on that knocking on the door, but I think this year he took a little bit of a step down. And then again, um, just because of the age too, I, I wonder, I I think that probably plays a, a little bit of a factor into it too. Yeah. I think so too. He was a tough one. Um, 
because you definitely can't consider him like a nominee, right? But he, he was a guy that no. at least was like, ah, I should should just mention because he's been so good. But okay, so future Dark Horses. Number one, I don't want to talk about these guys because I feel like we've talked about them on the show so much recently. But okay. all the top three rookies, um, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and again, I would even argue Drake London. They're, they're maybe, maybe we're having this conversation, especially about Wilson and Olave based on what they've shown. I think we might be having this conversation about them you know, a year from now. Um, Michael Pittman, I still think Dark Horse to potentially be included as a potential nominee at some point. Mm -hmm. This season has not gone the way we thought it would for Michael Pittman, but he's still top five (laughs) in the NFL in catches. I know. Um, Yeah, he's just They just get nothing going downfield. It's always hilarious to me that whenever you watch the Colts in a primetime game now, which enough already with the Colts in primetime, but um, every every broadcaster seems to be very confused why they can't get anything going down the field. It's like, have you seen Matt Ryan behind this offensive line behind, you know, and if there's anybody that can rush the passer, like they ain't getting anything going downfield. And that's been unfortunate for Michael Pittman, but I do think really talented players still, of course, got to mention Brandon. Ayuk. I think Ayuk could definitely be um, the guy that, it, you know, is, is he knocks on this door. He's been so good this year. I mean, just fantastic. Um, but the, obviously doesn't have the full resume yet. And then the last two here, Devonte Smith. I think Devonte Smith has been awesome this year too. He Skinny Batman. Yeah, he gets a little overshadowed by um, A.J. Brown, but is a damn good receiver in his own right. And then Chris Godwin, who he's obviously had a a tough time coming back from ACL uh, surgery this year. They get him so many little screen passes. But, like, I think he could be in, like, talk about a guy in his prime, Chris Chris Godwin, in his peak form. If you put him in Cooper Cup's role with the right quarterback – Good night. He could he could lead the NFL in receiving yards absolutely. So I I think he's a guy worth. He's a, a bit strange because he should pro, if he was healthy this year I think he would firmly be in like this potential nominee group. But because he's come he's had this year coming back from ACL. Um, and obviously we don't know what's going to happen with Brady next year. Don't think he's coming back to Tampa. But no. yeah, I think Godwin obviously uh, is a guy who deserves that. Honor. Yeah, Godwin, Godwin, 26 years old, so he's got a little bit of a ways to go uh, in his career. Mike Evans, 29, which is why I bring up that age uh, there, though. But uh, but yeah, very interesting stuff. You know, and, and you bring up these guys and people are going to listen to the podcast and say, what? Come on, dude. These guys are so far away from being a superstar. But to your point, that's how topsy-turvy football is, though. As you mentioned, Cooper Cup two years ago. If you put him on this like dark horse list, everyone's like, well, that, that doesn't make any sense. He's so far away. And it's like, no, not really. <laughs> you, you know, it's like, it just takes like a couple of things to click in uh, before guys can really just, I mean, go crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, that's how close sometimes it is uh, from guys yeah. who are good to be great and then great to be superstars. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's uh, a lot of it's situational, right? I mean, with just AJ Brown, you and I, we didn't even have a, we didn't even spend a, talk, a second talking about him, but a lot of people said like he needs to be included in like the, the up and coming group. And it's like, no dude, I would have said he was a superstar coming into this year based on like his reception perception data. But again, look at his box scores from the first couple of years. And I know he has had injuries, but mm-hmm. 1,051 yards as a rookie, 1,075 yeah, exactly. in his second year, 869, like five touchdowns last year in 13 games. Like I would say 11 in, in uh, 14 games in his second season, but then he goes to a situation in Philly and, you know, people are like, they're like, I thought AJ Brown was more of like an over the middle bully receiver. It's like, no, this guy has shown he could win outside the numbers routes and like, you know, go routes and stuff like that. Now he's got a quarterback that's willing to kind of let it rip and do that stuff, which, you know, shout out to Jalen Hurts for that. But 
a guy like Ayuk, I think, you know, people are, are asking a lot of like, who's the next guy that could get traded and, you know, maybe change teams in the rough. Like, I think Ayuk is a guy that could be that because, um, you know, he's, they have so many guys on extensions there and, and, you know, they're gonna make tough financial decisions. And, you know, Ayuk might be a guy that they, you know, I don't know, just a guy to keep an eye on that if he ever changed teams, like he would, he would erupt. So, so, so much of it from the public perception part of it is, is situational based and, and, and stats and stuff like that, which is all dependent on outside variables, which is why you should subscribe to receptionperception.com. <laughs> Atta baby! Atta baby! There you go. Uh, and not only that, but uh, man, if you're listening to this program um, and, and you haven't heard from us before, um, look, look, man, this is the kind of stuff that we do, man. We're like, we, we, we blur the lines between real football, fantasy football. Um, and so, yeah, if you guys would subscribe to the, to the podcast, man, that'd be awesome. We would love that. Listen to us for a couple of weeks, man. If you don't like it, okay, then hey, whatever. Unsubscribe if you want to. But I'm telling you, you're going to have a good time. You're going to learn some stuff about football, man. And this is what we do here on Reception Perception, the show. All right. For Matt Harmon, I am James Coe. Peace. <laughs>